Wait a second. Is it that time again? Are we back? Yeah. I think so. I like that. Time again for Dispatches from Planet Funk. It's the Aced Out Podcast. Dedicated to all whom the man tried to ace out by profiting from the soul without stopping to give props to the prophets of soul. That is correct. This is Ace Allen, a.k.a. Barack Wayne. Yet never alone, because I'm here with Jay Stone on the phone. Well, all right. How you doing, Jay Stone? Man, I'm chilling. Remember, everybody. Chilling like a villain. Like a villain? Today's show is brought to you by the letter P, sponsored by People for the Ethical Treatment of Ear Holes, a.k.a. P-E-T-E, and Funkonauts Fam Affiliated. Because funk is spelled fun with a K. That's why they pronounce it funky. Right, Jay? <laughs> That's okay. right. Um, we're here in Atlanta with Wahid Gomez behind the boards at DRS Studios when the right sound matters. And Jay Stone is calling from Santa Cruz, California. Now, Jay Stone, we usually have the uh, luxury. We, we usually do our interview first. Then we go back and we uh, do our little intro and we talk about that interview. I don't have that luxury yeah. now because I'm looking at our guest right now, Jay. I'm looking at him. He That's looks handsome. Up. He looks good. He's ready to talk. He's sitting right in front of me nice. right here on the chair. And it ain't no bird. It sure as heck ain't no plane. He's right. able to stage dive in a single bound. It's none other than Flying J, a.k.a. J. Armand Jr. Say hello, Flying J. Yeah, I'm all in the A Style podcast. <laughs> all right, man. It's good to see you, man. Oh, <laughs> now, everybody uh, listening to us at home, um, if you've gone to a Fishbone show between, say, like 2009-2018, and someone not named Angelo Moore jumped on top of your head, <laughs> well, that was my man Flying Jay. In addition to Bone, this vocalist slash trombonist is currently a member of Year of the Dragon. Fishbone OG, Dirty Walt. Yeah, with Dirty Walt. And uh, their new album, Take Control, is available at yearofthedragonband.com. You hear me? I said Year of the Dragon Band. B-A-N-D dot com. Um, he also performs with Trulio Disgracious. And if you know anything about Fishbone, you know about Trulio Disgracious. And he's also a member of a great band called Electric Gremlin uh, with a cat named Adam Reed. Adam Fuller. Uh, I'm sorry, Adam Fuller. My bad. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay. thinking of a comic book dude right there. Yeah, he's like, I was like, wait a minute. That's the dude that <laughs> I, um, I, I forgot to tell you, he, he, he's a new guy in the band. Now, um, we're going to talk to Flying J. Armit about everything. Talking about Bone, about Year of the Dragon, about what he's doing now. Uh, first, I just want to take care of a couple things. Remember, what you're listening to right now, this is um, our theme song for Ace Out Podcast, but it's also a song from the album called The Bible by the Funkonauts. My co-host Jay Stone is the leader of the Funkonauts. This is him singing and playing right here. And me as well. Uh, I am the bass in your face from the Funkonauts and a vocalist there as well. 
I want to give a shout out and a special thanks to Freddie Martucci. Uh, thanks to him, we're doing this interview right now. Uh, thanks to me chopping up with him, getting to know him. We're able to get Flying J on the track. And you work with Freddie, right? You're going to do an album with somebody called The Scientist, I believe. Most definitely. So The Scientist is a legendary dub, dub West Coast producer, like, you know, dub reggae. And uh, it's funny because, like, I met Freddie through the Fishbone family, you know, touring out, uh, out of Philly. He's, you know, from the Philly, Jersey area. And um, just collaborating over the years with him on various, like, tracks and side project ideas, getting his music back off the ground. Uh, he reached out to the scientists, which is crazy because, like, I, 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 we all run in the same circle. Right. Um, I've, I've been... He's in... Uh, Hermosa Beach, the scientist, the scientist is in Hermosa Beach, and I almost never get to communicate with him directly. I always communicate with him directly through Freddie, which is like really funny because like we live on the same coast in the same city. Right, and like right. I'm talking to a guy who's in a different time zone right, to right. talk to the guy who's in my time zone. And so, you know, I was talking to Freddie the other day about just plans, like, because I really want that. I want to be a part of that process, but my time is so limited that my contributions, like, I'm like, yo, you did the album art, you got the album art from this dude, you got the scientists giving you all these tracks, you got all this stuff, and I'm like, ooh, I got limited time, but I still want to be a part of things, so it's like, I had all the time when I was at Fishbone to do so many collaborative efforts, and I just tried to do as many things as I could, and that, that was one of the ones that really still to this day is coming to fruition so yeah uh at least at the very least a dub a dub project is gonna come out of that some nice. kind of dub hip-hop but i'm always gonna be working with, with freddie giving him tracks and doing hip background vocals on his stuff and his his uh he likes to do trip hop so like got you I yeah yeah to, i heard some of his stuff it sounds great yeah it's it's, it's pretty uh -huh. out there <laughs> it gives me like free reign to do whatever like creative that i don't have to feel ashamed about and all that like i'm super critical about my own stuff so I know what being on somebody else's stuff where yeah, i get to yeah, be yeah. less critical of myself is a beautiful beautiful thing it frees you up it frees you up well big big shout out to freddie and it's great to have you here i also want to make sure i mention that uh this episode is brought to you by eq shoes um it's founded by EQ Young, Eric EQ Young, who's bassist extraordinaire for uh, Jay Stone. He plays in the Daz Band and Confunction now, right? Yeah, And he that's does right. his own yeah. funky solo projects. He has a shoe line. Uh, the man is always dressed slick, and he's looking how I want to look. And uh, he has his own pristine shoe line called EQ Shoes, and these are fine, funky shoes handcrafted in Italy. Uh, you get free shipping. 100% uh, satisfaction guaranteed. Uh, love your shoes or send them back for free. And they're featuring the minimum low high top, a cutting edge design, a street style low sneaker with a sporty sole, genuine Italian leather. And also EQ vintage high top, the young lady boot heel, and my personal favorite, the neon funk, which is a purple shoe. That's at aliveshoes.com slash EQ. And you can find EQ Shoes on Facebook, Twitter, and other social media. I also want to mention you can find uh, Ace Out Podcasts on Stitcher and iTunes. And, of course, our own website, 
acedoutpodcast.com. Uh, we got people listening to us in Alabama, in Michigan, in Maryland. People listen to Ace Out Podcast in D.C., Texas, South Carolina, Missouri. But also, check this out. People listen to us in Germany, uh, United Kingdom, people from France, people from Egypt, people from Vietnam listen to us, people from Ireland and Canada listen to us. And I'm going to make a special announcement I need to make at the end of this. And I also want to give a big shout out to Virgil Scott and dedicate this episode to Zach Scott. Uh, one last thing, uh, Flying J, I also want to point out that we support KIND, Kids in Need of Defense. That's supportkind.org, supportkind.org. If you support them and give them money, they will help out with all those um, children and mothers being held in cages at the border right now. So we want to mm. support that. Mm -hmm. Now, um, I don't know if you remember Flying J. You remember Funkonauts? We opened for you uh, a fishbone in 2015 in Chico at uh, Lost in Maine. I remember that gig, you know. That, that was a wild so night. So many... <laughs> So many fun times at Chico, especially at the Lost in Maine. Like I, I was talking to Ace earlier. I seem to remember Norwood telling me that Lost in Maine no longer exists or it, it gets shut down or whatever. Another one uh, bites the dust, man. Another venue bites the dust for sure. And that was such a fun, fun, fun venue, fun place, fun night. You know, they have that. Uh, bicycle drum set there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the bicycle so, drum set. So crazy. The green room downstairs. Man, we were jamming. Me, Rocky George, whoever was else was in there, we were jamming because they have like in their green room downstairs, they have that, uh, what is it called? Uh, it's, it's an old school record player. We were just like jamming out to Earth, Wind & Fire. <laughs> like classic, <laughs> classic mm -hmm. records. Oh, wow. You just mentioned two things there. Um, Rocky George, for one, I, it was always a trip for me uh, seeing Rocky George because I'm such a big fan of his from Suicidal Tendencies going right. way back, way back to the 80s. So seeing him in Fishbone is so nice. It's so interesting to see him there. But uh, let me stick a pin in that because I want to ask you about working with Rocky George. But you just mentioned Earth, Wind & Fire. Oh, yeah. And in fact, um, you worked with Al McKay. Oh, yeah, I uh, did. Guitar sure player, did. legendary guitar player for Earth, Wind & Fire. He wrote September... He wrote "Best of My Love" for the emotions. He, he oh, got did wild. he? He did. I didn't know that. <laughs> He's got cuts. Now let me ask you. Um, what, that that was called the Earth Wind Fire Experience. Yeah, it's called Al McKay's Earth Wind and Fire Experience. Um, How do you get a gig like that? When did you do that? Uh, that was I did that the end of the year. Uh, so that was November and December 2016. Uh -huh. uh, was it 2016? Yeah, 2016. No, 2017. Sorry. And where'd you my play? Ears mixed up. Trombone. Just um, we went to. It was I was got hired on for a few gigs um, because the sax player uh, Ed Wynn, he had noticed me playing with Trulio uh, on like uh, no kidding a percussion player's live stream uh, by the name of o Orlando. Mm -hmm. Orlando's a dope percussion player. He's streaming his stuff most of the time. Ed checks into his uh, live stream, sees me like leading the charge of like six horn player, whoever was there. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, just jamming. We're making stuff up. That's how Trulio is. Right, right. And I'm just throwing, throwing parts to my, my comrades in arms. 
Ed gives me a nice. call because he already had a short list of trombone players he wanted to talk to for the spot. Um, decides to take a chance on me. And I was very grateful for that. I had to step up and put in a lot of work just to be able to stand side by side with those guys. So I was, was going to ask you about that. So it you're was, working off charts whew, for a gig like that? Yeah, because like, like all the all the mm. other guys have it memorized. They've been doing it for years. Yeah, right, right. But for me, it was just like, here's your chart. And I was like, man, everything's wireless. <laughs> Every All the horn players have in-ear monitors. No, There's no monitor in front of you. Oh, you have sweet. wireless. They got wow. those in-ear um, monitors and yeah. everything's wireless, like and the mics and all stuff? All the mics wireless, all, like all that stuff is like the only people that had monitors in front of them were Al and um, yeah, the singers in, are in, on in-ears I think the drummer was on in-ears there was a drummer percussion two keyboard players uh, Al on guitar bass um, mm. three vocalists uh, and then four piece horns two trumpets trombone sax the only problem with a gig like that is once it's over you go to your next gig you're like oh, where's my uh, wireless uh, <laughs> well <laughs> get, they, get they got a whole they got a whole <laughs> production crew it's like top-notch treatment and they only mainly do international stuff so like i, I got to go to uh, sweden uh do two nights wow. in indonesia and two different like places wow. in indonesia wow, wow. and then one night in Dope. russia which was in russia wild i was i never thought i'd step wow foot. is that first time <laughs> the only time what's what is that like it was Moscow in December, so it was cold as hell. Oh my god! We I got top notch treatment. You know, what I mean, a top top of the line hotel. Mm -hmm. They treat Al like a rock star because that's who he is. And um, wow, we played at the Moscow Golf Club for like a private event. I was tripped out because of like the people in the room necessarily not not like the venue was nice. It was a Christmas party, mm -hmm. like. Russia being any kind of like any other European country. Mm -hmm. But the things that I was just most tripped out about are like the people I didn't get to talk to. The guy that hired this, the band, yeah, like, you know, he Americanized Russian. But all the people in the venue, like uh, for their Christmas party dinner, some of those people I, I'd imagine were like some scrupulous characters. You know, right, they're, right. they're rich oligarchs there. So... I was like, That's we're putting intense. on a show <laughs> for these rich, like, all right. Right, you're like, who am I playing for right now? Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, you know, you see uh, some friends of uh, Putin just hanging out in the Moscow Golf Because, like, it's the Moscow Golf Club. Right. I have, you have to know that anybody who's affiliated with this is like loosely affiliated with, you know, the man in, at they the top. They have to be. They That's have how to be. They have to be. It's the a, law. A, a, a Trump, maybe, you know, whoever. It's golf and, and like rich people. So it's like, okay, this all kind of makes sense. It was a fun <laughs> gig. I loved playing with those guys. I wanted to keep the gig, but I unfortunately at the time was still in Fishbone and I had dates on our books for the 2018 season. Oh, so you couldn't continue it? I couldn't. the The first dates of the year conflicted. It was like, oh man, and like the spot was mine, because Ed offered me that spot. You know, what I mean, the whole thing was these shows are kind of your audition. You can choose the spot is yours to and lose. And if you do good, and like, it, it was a high pressure gig for mm -hmm. sure. You know, they were telling me, what were the rehearsals like? We didn't have them. 
It was me and... You didn't have them? It was me and Ed, the sax player. Oh, so just a sectional just YouTube wow. guys. Just sectional. Mm-hmm. Going through the whole show, mm-hmm. the whole sets, all the all the songs, top to wow. bottom. Like, yeah. And I was putting in work every day on those charts. Because like, my whole goal was to memorize them. Like, yeah, I stepped yeah, up yeah. to that challenge because I wholly embraced it. Right, right, right. He was telling me that actual Earth, Wind, Fire plays horn, 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 to horn uh, backing tracks. And the Earth, Wind, and Fire experience, no backing tracks. It's all the four uh-huh. cats there. So the two trumpet players... So you said Earth, Wind, and Fire, they do use backing tracks. They use horn but backing in, tracks. But in this gig with Al McKay, no, no backing, backing tracks. tracks. <laughs> so it's all you. Wow. <laughs> top, like, the, the top of the show has a trombone solo. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, all right, <laughs> throw it to the fire, right? <laughs> so just throw it he, out. you know, was definitely on my head about intonation, pitch, all those you know, really mm-hmm. key horn things. And all I could do was like work myself to the bone. Right. But it was my spot to lose still. And I, I unfortunately, like during my last three fishbone like dates, I told him I wasn't going to be able to continue and I gave my stuff back. And I was like, ah. And soon after like two <laughs> weeks, I, I got the call like Chris was going to come back to the Fishbone and do the OG lineup, which I knew was in the works, but I didn't know when it was going to actually happen. Oh, man, that's that's the worst. That's the worst ever, uh, man. That must a, have been a hard it, day. It was. It was. It was definitely like a hard wow. few days, actually. But let, let me at, wait. Let me back you up and ask about that. That's re, that's very interesting. Let, let yeah, me that ask all, you first. That all happened in that same time. Frame. Right, right. Let me let me talk oh, to man. you about that then. So. First of all, how did you get into playing Bone, and did you come up in L.A.? Oh, yeah, most definitely. So when I was a kid in junior high, I had to take a music elective Mm because I ran out of other electives that I wanted to take. I sucked at art. I took chess, which is, you know, like my kids laugh about because, like, I was a super nerd. Like the That's a good class, man, chess. I I took chess and advanced chess in sixth grade. I was surprised that in the inner city (laughs) L.A. South Central School that we actually had chess as an elective. The other electives are home ec, wood shop, which probably no longer exists for most class, for most schools. They no longer have wood shop. Why is that? Or metal shop. You don't have the, the tech... Weapons or metal shop. You don't have wood shop or metal shop. Mm-hmm. You don't have uh, trained teachers to teach you those type of things. So, like, even my kids, mm-hmm. my, like my oldest daughter who's going to sixth grade, her like electives are like home ec. Uh, you know, then they have art. You know, music, mm-hmm. choir. Uh, they don't have those choices. You know what I mean? They just don't. Times changed. Yeah, times have totally changed, bro. I think I think they I think they affect reflect what's going on. Like they might have uh yeah, yeah. might be in an yeah, elective. I, you know I, what I mean? I hope they do. I, I can't remember if they do right yeah. now, but I really hope because I, I would love for her to be involved in computers. I don't know if she really cares to. Oh, big time. But I would have as a kid if I had sure. a coding class, bro. Too. Man. I'd be making bank <laughs> right now. But chess, that was a pretty I want to do that right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. But chess, that was a pretty good um, elective for you. And you took, uh, so you're saying you took band or? I took band my eighth grade year. So like I originally wanted to play trumpet or drums, but all those spots were reserved for people who had been in band from sixth grade to eighth grade. Mm Because it was a one elective you could stay in Mm -hmm. over time. That inquired. And I was all nervous at first because I was like I don't know if I'm going to be good at this I'm probably going to suck and like mm-hmm. no, nothing really 
clicked that I'm like, I'm going to be great at this. This is going to be fun and all that. And as soon as I like tried the mouthpiece for trumpet, it didn't work. And my teacher was like, trombone. Put, you, put me on trombone. I was like, all right. I loved every fucking second of it. I took my horn home as mm -hmm. much as I could, as much as they would let me. I played hot cross buns like a motherfucker. Like it was, it was <laughs> my shit. That book, me, that book, uh, uh, essential elements. I'll never forget. You know, essential elements. My little trombone, my Yamaha trombone, yeah. and all the time in the world as a kid in junior high with nothing to do, no cell phones, like video, right. video games, maybe a TV, but it was just like. My classwork was easy. I was smart. I was a super nerd. I was in the advanced, you know, Where, tracks. That, where's the uh, Where's the connection then later on? Oh, the fishbone. Yeah. How do you so, How do you get uh, seen by them or picked up by them? Were you like in the? So after after eighth grade, I basically got recruited by uh, my mentor, my band director for high school. The whole I'm going. I give him all the credit for mentoring me and getting me prepared for professional musicians. Mentors Fernando, are so important. Fernando Pullum. He worked at Washington Prep, my high school, like in the inner city, mm -hmm. for over 25 years. And then he went on to work for a charter school system, have his own school. Mm -hmm. um, and basically, back in the day, he worked with Fishbone. He's on Sunless Saturday at the end. You hear that oh. really high trumpet part? Yeah, yeah. That's not Dirty Wall. That's mm -hmm. Fernando Polo. Oh, no kidding. So, like, at the end you, of Sunless Saturday, that's you your mentor. The, yeah, if you watch the uh, Saturday Night Live episode where they're on, but that got yeah, the band. Yeah, I've seen that, yeah. The guy that steps out, plays the trumpet part at the end, in a tuxedo shirt is my band director. Ah. <laughs> and he always told mm. us the stories, uh, you know, in high school. He told us all the same stories over and over again about that day. <laughs> Say his name again? Fernando Pullum. Got it. Yeah. He has a, uh, he currently has a inner city uh, arts music program uh, in Lamert Park in LA. Mm -hmm. He Every day after school, after three, he has a music choir and drama for free for kids mm. of any talent you know any ability to go and get lessons and play and put on they put on spring musicals every year it's it's a great program i recommend it highly he still shows mm. me so much love and i can call on him as a mentor still mm -hmm. so with all that said through high school i got taught by him he was our band director he taught took us everywhere and showed us how to be professional musicians. At the time, I didn't see myself doing this. So I ended up my senior year not taking it as serious. I went to UCLA, not for music originally, but I ended up in the music department still. Mm -hmm. You can't deny your talents. You can't deny what you have a passion for. Kept pulling for. you back in. Kept pulling me back in. And so I, I started playing again professionally uh, outside of UCLA, independent with some friends called the Wild Bunch. We all went to the same school. We were all, at least, you know, except for a few members, we were all under his tutelage, Fernando Pullum. And they created a band, signed to Sony, uh, in 2004. And then it, uh, I joined that band in 2006 after Sony dropped them. Mm -hmm. So similarly to Fishbone, this band in the inner city, all black, grew up, signed, signed you know, Played, played in a band, grew up, signed to Sony, got fucked by Sony, all in the same vein. So, like, I joined yeah, that band after they got signed to Sony, right? And <laughs> through all that, you know, 
Fernando saw me playing again. He was like, oh, I didn't know you were still playing. I graduated from UCLA. He gave me a job teaching for his charter school programs. Oh, really? Yeah. Mainly because nice. of my affiliation with the Wild Bunch and the lead singer of that band, Damon, Damon Crawford. Nice. It was like he was teaching for Fernando Pullum at the time, and like he wanted an assistant. And I just got graduated, and he gave me a job opportunity. So when Fernando had uh, that charter school program going on, um, and he was working with that, he had Angelo and Norwood come out to speak to the kids and give workshops and all that. So that was 2009. Um, at that time, the trombone player for Fishbone was John McKnight. And the Everyday Sunshine documentary was about to be making the rounds. Right, right. So they were finishing up that. And John McKnight couldn't make uh, all of the gigs. Like all, every, you know, he had conflicting gigs. And I think he might have had some personal reasons why he might have wanted to step out of the band. Mm -hmm. You know, similarly with Dirty Walt. Dirty Walt was out of the band at the time. Right, right. And so my that. mentor, Fernando Pullen, was playing trumpet. You know what I mean? At mm. the time. So my first Fishbone gig was the day before my birthday, 2009. I was turning, what, 20... Uh, I'd have been turning 24. Okay. Yeah, 24. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was turning 24. <laughs> yeah, because I was 23. I was 23. <laughs> I was 23. I was 10 years ago. I was 23... I got a phone call from my boss because then he was my boss. He's no longer my mentor. He's my boss at that time. Right. And he's like, there's a fishbone gig on Friday. Can you do it? It's 150 bucks. And I was like, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I don't have to work. I don't have to go to work. I, you don't need me for Friday. I can go on this trip to yeah. make money playing a gig and you won't fire me. <laughs> yes, I'm going to do this. Hmm, and it's fishbone. <laughs> I said yes immediately. I got to practice with Angelo. I had a sectional. I didn't even have a practice. I had an hour sectional at Angelo's house when he used to have the... Famous. An hour? An hour. Wow. Yeah, because like it took me forever to find parking in Hollywood because he was living in Hollywood at the time, uh -huh. which used to be, it's a famous, you know, in the LA Musician City circle, the Green Jello House. That's what it was. That was where he was at the time. Mm. And so like the upstairs, <laughs> downstairs in Hollywood apartment, which was crazy. I walk in his spot and it's full of like shrunken heads and a piano <laughs> and music everywhere. And it, I was like... <laughs> Just astonished, <laughs> you know. I was right. like, "Oh man, this is wow. so boss! I, I'm, I'm blessed, you know." Right, right. Get to practice an hour with him, go over horn parts, and you know he's like trying to remember how the trombone parts go, of course. <laughs> and I'm like, "All right, I, I, I think I got a good grasp of things." Uh -huh. So then that Friday, the gig, we're driving to San Francisco. We're opening for Living Color in in like the Regency Ballroom in San Francisco. Yo, great! I'm learning mm -hmm. horn parts in the band on the way to the gig with him wow <laughs> and then like you know I meet all the rest of the cast cause like I hadn't met them I was just a fan and like you know I sure. knew of and yeah. so I was blessed and honored you know that I got that opportunity the weird part about it though was I'm standing next to my boss at the same time my right, mentor right. my boss like my father figure for yeah. over a decade right the guy who told me all these stories that I, I you know we heard every day in, in band practice and then I'm playing next to my boss. How, that's like in a super high pressure situation with no 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 full rehearsal, just a sectional, and like 
<laughs> and I was, yeah, if you look at that video, I was not singing. I wasn't crowd surfing. I was right, just right, like, right. play these parts. Okay, I don't need to be up here for this song. All right, walk off. All right, come back on. All right, play this part. All right, walk off. Uh, you know? Oh, I got you. Got and, you. and like over over time, I mean, that was just like the first gig. And yeah, then yeah. there were several other gigs that John McKnight, uh, I was a fill-in for. Got you. So over the next like year and a half, that was my role. Like if there was an open spot, I would do that. I I I I went on to be laid off from that teaching job, and I I made video games for a living at the time. Like I was a, a game tester. So when oh no kidding yeah, so when Norwood called me out of the blue to be a basically like a full time member or mm. start that process, I was so ready. <laughs> I was so ready, and I was so grateful, and I really wanted that. <laughs> Cause like I was, I would talk to him about if if John McKnight don't want this or he leaves or whatever, mm -hmm. like if there's an open spot, please You're right there. keep me in mind. And um, there was a specific tour in uh, the winter of 2011 uh, where Tom Bone from Weapon of Choice was the guy, Ooh. and then after that, I was the guy. From then mm -hmm. till. 2018 when Chris went back. On on that note, let's check out. Um, let's get a flavor for some of your work with Fishbone. Uh, I want to check out uh, a little live video you guys did. This is a for, fun one too. Yeah, for behind closed doors. And where's this in Lagunitas, California? No, so this is in. Uh, this is at. This is in Monterey, California. Oh, Monterey. Yeah, at sorry. The, uh, Fairgrounds. Yeah, at the fairgrounds for. Yeah. The festival is called Cali Roots. It's a huge, uh, mainly reggae festival for California reggae artists, which, you know, usually translates to white boy reggae. Yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> so them taking a chance Thank on you. Fishbone that year was like a big thing because like a lot of the fans were kind of in an uproar about not Fishbone, but like other acts that they picked to be on the bill. It's because this was 2015 on the bill mm. for that that gig. I think we played Lost in Maine on Maine that the day before. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was about the same same we time played, period. We played Lost on Maine the day before. So that would have been right after we played with you. It's a crazy story, I had to tell you. Because, like, you know the promoter there, her name is Karen. Yep, we know. She took Karen, yeah. Very good care of us. We stayed at her, her and her husband. That crazy, that crazy house. house, right? <laughs> that house Dude, that was crazy, crazy. house. <laughs> she beat me at air hockey. I had to say that. She skunked me in air hockey. It was bad. I thought I ha I could at least keep up. She kicked, she skunked me. Oh, man. It was, it was wow. that bad. That's humiliating. She has those cool-ass lights in the backyard, that pig with the yeah. archery thing and everything. So me and Angelo were walking around, uh, of course. After the gig, I lost on Maine. We went, me, Angelo, and Paul went to, like, a DJ after party. That was so fun. I I like to get <laughs> fucked up, so I I, I ask for acid because you know it's a rare, yeah. <laughs> a rare thing I can only get in the Bay California for good. I got some yeah. I got some tabs. That shit lasted me from that night at like whatever the time I was. We were at that party till that show. Oh, <laughs> the show. The clip, gonna, okay. Wow. Pull up. Well, you just gave us some good background uh, on this clip. Uh, yeah, nobody. <laughs> <laughs> that's a story that I, I get to tell. Pretty funny. Well, let's listen to this then. And this is Fishbone playing inside of a van. <laughs> this is a, a song be called Behind Closed Doors. Let's listen to a little bit of this. Oh. 
forward, back, back, back. I'm falling and I can't get up, and I'm slipping through the cracks. I'm in a crisis and I can't afford the prices. No means to feed my family, can't afford the nicest. No escape, no pleasure. I really can't seem to get my shit together. Can't protect my children from the weather. Me and my baby's skin grows tough as leather. Where do they go? When it rains. visual on this so these guys are like in a van and uh right you, you got to see this it's, it, you guys can see it on youtube um so let me think so norwood's like standing in the back right and then um you got the actually the drummer john he's like up he's in the front uh big afro rocky rocky's like right behind him and then who was it dre dre gibson on uh keyboards dre is on the record at the time, Paul Hampton was in the band when we did this. Oh, okay. So, uh, Paul Hampton. Mm -hmm. And then uh, you and Angelo are, are right there in the front. And you guys are like... Uh, <laughs> you guys are squeezed together. It's, it's, it's tight. So, that's a whole series that they do. Uh, it's called Jam in the Van. They have a headquarters in... Uh, Sounds in good. Venice, Cali. It's so nice. It's basically a van that they have a, a full recording studio in. And like they Dope. film and broadcast things. Um, that's that was my first appearance on it with Fishbone. Mm -hmm. um, I don't. I, we didn't do another appearance as Fishbone, but I I did an appearance with other people, and Norwood did too. Um, I, I've been actually meaning to hopefully take some of our side projects there to do stuff like Year hey, of the how, Dragon. How come? How come Walt isn't there? Because he was there. He didn't want to do it. Ah, okay. He didn't gotcha. have to do it. He didn't want to do it. Okay, gotcha. We had like literally just arrived from Chico driving there. So it was just like, hey, you guys want to do this kind of thing? And it was like, immediately get out the van, get into another van and play music. He's and like, then, I don't want to be in a van. Do the, <laughs> do that, which we're not getting paid for. We didn't get paid for jamming the van. And then do our actual set. Where, where, where we're gotcha. So he's like, gotcha. we're not getting paid. I'm not doing that. Gotcha. He sized that up. Are you paying for it for that? Oh, for the jam in the van? We he said get, he said they didn't get paid. Yeah. No, we didn't get paid for that. No, but we got paid for the. Is it something that you pay for to promote yourself? No, they, they if you it's, it's oh, basically like just kind of scheduling. Uh, if you already have your like your I own see. little buzz, but you know it's 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 really yeah. like 
you got to schedule them far enough in advance that they have time for you to go to their, either go right. to their headquarters or be at a place that they took that where they're, where they're at. at, like a festival that they're at, or be a band that's playing at that festival and then get that love. So the two two right. main things I want to ask you about that experience, and I want to move on to ask you about you're in the Dragon, Electric Gremlin, stuff like that. I want to ask you, um, so first of all, so you're joining the group. You just gave us a whole story how you got in that. Yeah. I remember I went, you know, I've been to like 5 million Fishbone shows. I saw a Fishbone show at the Independent with my friend Christian in 2012. Oh, yeah. And that, that was, was the first time I've seen you. We had And that. you jumped in the crowd like three times. That's the first So I'm like, yeah. so do you, how does that happen? At some point, do you raise your hand or band practice go, if you want me to stage dive, I'll do it. Because <laughs> actually, Angelo, he didn't stage dive. Yeah. He stayed on the stage and you did all the diving. So, so how, did, how did that work out? And you're called Flying J and this whole persona. So um, back in 2011, uh, after their, well, basically in 2010, Angelo got sued. Right. Uh, I remember the, that now. The World Bar show in Philadelphia. And um, mm. by the way, I want to say, if you, you sue. Angel for jumping on you and at a show that's like suing the ocean for getting you wet. You know what I mean? That that ain't fair at all. They were on tour with the Dead Kennedys, and um, the lady who was there, she was there to see the Dead Kennedys. Um, had no idea who Angelo was. Hater, basically, something like that. And he jumped out, injured her. Uh, of course, I wasn't there for this, but, you know, I hear all the, mm -hmm. the third-party, you know, hand-me-down information. So she got injured. She sued everybody, the venue, the, you know, the, the bands, both bands. She wasn't a punk rock. I know, that's she not very not, punk rock. <laughs> yeah, but, like, she was, like, a nurse and got, like, she couldn't work or whatever. Uh, so it, 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 oh, it got sorry to hear that. long and drawn out, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, and uh, it probably, you know, could have been, like, really addressed uh eventually i think it all got settled mm -hmm. so that was cool but there was a time where it, it was really touchy him gotcha. do, him doing it um he yeah. still would you know if the mood was right or like but he was very not trusting of sure his, of his audience perfectly and understandable. so uh -huh. at the time me and dre great dre gibson was in the band um dre would go crowd surfing I will go crowd surfing when I felt like it because my first Fitbo show, I see my boss, Fernando Pullum, go crowd surfing. <laughs> it's just like, oh, okay. and I'm just the guy, just like, I'm just trying not to fuck up parts, right. you know? So I didn't have that in my mind at first. I didn't think like, I'm going to turn this into a persona or anything like that. Right. But it just so happened that seeing Angelo do that shit and it was dope. Or seeing Dre do that shit and it was dope. I was like, I want to do this. Yeah. I fucking, I'm yeah. small. They're going to pick me up. They're going to catch me. <laughs> you know? And so, Angelo was the whole reason why I'm called Flying J. He's the oh, whole reason. Oh, he gave you that name? He gave me that name. And like, he'll never remember. Right. But he first started calling me that in Australia. We were playing the Byron Blues Festival right after the Agrilites, who were also on uh, Silverback Management with Fishbone. Mm -hmm. So, love those guys, L.A. Reggae Bass, you know what I mean? Love those guys. Such talented musicians. And so, I went crowd surfing at that festival. I landed on my head in the mud. They picked <laughs> me back up, carted me back to the front. Because, like, I jumped, like, three three rows deep. It was just, you know, nuts to butts people for, like, at this tent, watching Fishbone rage. Mm -hmm. Last 
band of the night for this uh, particular stage. Yeah, I went flying. He started calling me Flying J on the mic, and that was all she wrote, 2011. And that, that's now eight years ago in the past. So it's working. Hey, it's working really well for you, man. It's working. Well. I wanted to not do it anymore because, like, I don't do it anymore now. Uh oh, I'm grounded, Jay. Now what? I'll still keep calling you flying. Jay. Everybody does. <laughs> that's cool. I wanted I like to it. ask you. This is going to lead into another question. I want to ask you. Uh, I want to listen to just a little bit of your performance of the suffering on this radio station. This is another thing I found is live on KEXP. Yeah, it's and it Seattle. was like November. This is Seattle. Yeah, November that, of 2016. That was the day after the election. Oh, so that the must. Day, have, oh, right, right. So that must have put you. You guys are in the a election. mood, right? The suffering. No wonder you played that song. Let's listen to a little bit of this, just of your performance on the suffering. And this is a. I got a specific question about this when we come back on the other side. favorite like mm-hmm. probably one of my well I can't say my favorite but like my one of my favorite horn parts fishbone horn parts it's it's great that's a great tune um it's so it's cool that that tune has turned into such a staple because that's on like a later fishbone album on the network yeah. album so it's so cool that that's become into its own as sort of like a staple you're definitely not going to see that played at live shows now Oh, you're, you're definitely not? Why is that? Not. Oh, right, right. Not because anymore. Oh, and let me get that leads into what I'm going to ask you. Um, okay, so I saw Fishbone on December 16, 2016, right before I moved here to Atlanta. I went with some of my friends, and uh, I was happily, ecstatically shocked you got the chim-chims that though. Fish was playing the drums. Oh, right, right, right. That happened. So what happened there? That's that's literally like I think that that's like a month later. What okay. happened? So is that something you could talk about? Basically, John left. I'm gonna leave it at that. Okay. I won't go into major details, but shout out to he John was unhappy. Stewart. John Stewart was unhappy with how things were going. Mm-hmm. With some very fair points, the way he did it uh, was a little unexpected. And that resulted in fish coming back suddenly. And, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Were you just, how does it look, in, from your point of view, how did that look like? He was just there one day, or did you, I mean, we was were, that bubbling? I was there when it happened, you know. I, we Everybody in the band was there. Everybody who was in the band at that time was there and present 
from when he left. Mm-hmm. And it's just unfortunate how it turned out. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're all still good people. Y'all, he still jams with everybody. Yeah, you know, we all still talk. We're I saw he chill. he he wished Fish a happy birthday. I saw yeah, on Facebook just you the know, other day. So. They don't have bad blood or nothing like yeah, that. Yeah, it's just um, you know they the OGs created a thing, and they always could have gone back at any point, and. That's what happens when you aren't the guy that create the thing. Is that all? Is that always kind of uh, bubbling in the background? It uh, was for me, even though I heard otherwise through the years. I knew. I mean, it's it's your band. <laughs> you created, like I said, you when you create something, it's yours. And like, if you left, you quit. You know what I mean? Then you don't necessarily like forfeit that. It's still your. Your project, you know, what I mean, your band, your your creative outlet. Mm-hmm. So, as a younger guy, who you know, like I definitely originally was a for hire guy, but like they gave me that love, yeah. and embraced me as a member who could contribute and be a part of that mm-hmm. process. So I was blessed. I, I don't regret anything that uh, way anything went down. It it just had to be that way, you know. How does um, how do you get the call, or how do how do you find out that this is this is going down? Oh, Noah would call me. Noah would call you. Yeah, he's the boss. He's the boss. He's the boss. Boss. <laughs> mm-hmm. What what was it like working with Fish? Because just everybody I know from uh, uh, northern I, Northern California, we just love Fish. Like he's yeah. kind of the star of Fishbone, and yeah. like in our hearts he's, he's, in a big way. He's so a, he's a total pro. Yeah, he's Complete amazing. Pro. Pro guy, pro musician, Man. all about the the authenticity of Fishbone. That's that's exactly why the the OG thing went in direct, that direction. Mm-hmm. You know, he definitely probably has his own feelings about other members who have come and gone, mm-hmm. but his guys that started the thing, those are his guys. And, like, that's how you should feel with people you created a a legacy for, you know? So that's how it is. You know what I mean? That's how I see it. Yeah. He might say differently or or make some more nuance about it, but I definitely get that. You know, it was just nothing but pro. That's all. Yeah, it must must have been hell of an experience. You turn it up a notch that way. Yeah, right. And you guys are playing the Chim Chim stuff. Yeah, we we have been doing that that whole September tour Mm -hmm. that we were in in Seattle for with John Stewart. So like, oh okay, we were already doing the Chim Chim's material. So like, it's funny that we we did the suffering that day for that that uh, performance that you pulled up Uh because we had not been playing that for months. We it was not. We were doing chim chims in its entirety. That's not that's not on there. So right, right. We we continued to do chim chims after that. I was happy. You know, it was cool that fish kind of came back at that point. And yeah. even though it went down in not a not so great way, right. Him coming back at that particular time gave even a little more cre- credibility to the album that we were doing. Sure, everybody involved, minus me and Paul, uh, was from that album. And we brought back John Bigham. He was there. So, like, we had two guitars. Oh, were you, were you playing in the group when John Bigham came back? When he came back to... And he was playing with Rocky? 
He was playing with Rocky. Oh, I wish I could have seen one yeah, of those shows. There, there was, yeah, we, we had an eight piece at one point. Oh, shit. I'm a big John Bingham fan and a big Rocky yeah, fan, dude. so that would have blown my mind, Two actually. guitars, dude. Yeah, that was, yeah. That was, that was fun. That, so that leads into, mm-hmm. so you had an interesting story. So let's talk about Year of the Dragon. So Year of the Dragon, I know Year of the Dragon because actually when, before I joined up with Jay Stone in Funkinots, I was still playing in a band called Stymie and the Pimp Jones Love Orchestra. Shout out to everybody in that oh, band. Oh, okay. And we had a show with Year of the Dragon in, I want to say, 2010 uh, in San Francisco. And it was a funny night because I was all hyped up to do this gig, and Walt got snowed in. He got stuck in, like, New York or something, and he didn't come. But we did a great show with uh, everybody who's currently in the band, who's at T-Bone on bass. Yeah, T-Bone. Uh, and but Ma- the singer Mark was uh, Mark Ray on guitar, and who's the drummer? Kareem. Kareem. Okay. Yeah. And it was them, and it was Rod. Rod. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, so that was what I knew as Year of the Dragon. So I'm like on Facebook one day. Uh, I don't know, a couple of years ago, new near uh, Year of the Dragon video. Woo woo woo. So I click on it. Let me watch that. And Flying J is a singer with Dirty Walt. So. How did that happen? Because so did you become buddies with Dirty Walt? You told me actually no. You told me um, he called you the, Rod, the old lead singer Rod. So the way this all happened was I, I was like <clears throat> still in Fishbone, of course, and I, over the years because I started playing at Fishbone when Walt was out. He was only doing Year of the Dragon, and uh, right, he was roading actually for like REM and the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and so when I you know, started to get to play more with Fishbone. Walt had, like, I was there when, like, he was playing one of, like, some of his shows coming back. Mm-hmm. So, like, that was a trip for me because, like, here is me, my boss, and Dirty Walt. <laughs> 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 and he's coming back, you know, to the band. And I was like, oh, okay. So over the years, I, I got to build a rapport with Dirty Walt because, like, him and, him and Rocky were the stoners. And like I was like I smoke pot now, that's that's cool. I'm hanging with them. So you three are like <laughs> became like a crew. I mean they were they had they, those two were the crew. Me the dude that I the guys that I was like the closest with when I first joined the band were not OGs. It was like uh, John Stewart and Dre Gibson. I imagine there's like a connection there. Yeah, you yeah. know, like that was like Dre was like he's only a little a, a few years older than me. But everybody else is, like, twice my age. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I kind of gravitated to, like, John just immediately, like, oh, yeah, you da-da-da-da-da. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, he just open arms, right? And it took the rest of the guys a little bit to warm up to me, I think. Sure. And, I know what that's now, like. now, like, Dirty Walt is my, my partner. He's right. a partner in rhyme, <laughs> you know? And so Roderick... Called me one day. This is the this is the former singer yeah, of the Year of the Dragon. Singer of the Year of the Dragon. He called me one day, I wanna say twenty fourteen maybe. And I was just at home. <laughs> he mm-hmm. called me and he said God had a vision for him and his vision involved me taking the reins of Year what? of the Dragon. Like he was gonna leave and do some uh, you know, separate stuff, write a book and you know, make some other music elsewhere. You know, he has another project. Uh, one was called Goals, but now he has, his current project is called, uh, it's not, it's Ganesh. 
Ganesh. Ganesh is mm-hmm. his current project. And that's with, like, one of the guys from, uh, uh, like, punk rock bowling band. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he... Agent Orange. I can't remember if it's Agent Orange or something. It's a circle, circle jerks off the top of my head. So did anyway, he tell you before he told them? He told me. I was the, Yeah, he called me before he told them. Uh-huh. He, he called me to make sure that, like... It, I guess he conveyed the message of his vision. And you said when you told me that before, you didn't see it at first? I or? totally did not see that. Yeah. I, I I mean, I was that came out of left field for me. I was a big Year of the Dragon fan. Like I was just like, yo, I love seeing you guys yeah, do yeah. this. And like I was just rock, like in the audience, like to their shit. And so I don't know. He got his prophecy. He, he called me. He, he told me that he was going to tell the rest of the guys. He gave me a, a set of songs to learn, you know, and I was, I, I talked to Walt. He was like, all right, well, you know, learn these songs, come to a rehearsal. <laughs> well, what, what was Walt's opinion of that? Um, I don't, I think he didn't know at first how it could, could <laughs> right. go, you know. And you had to audition. Yeah, I had to audition. You know, I auditioned. I, I did those songs. How did the audition did go? It, Apparently, pretty great. Yeah. So they, so they were they wrote, they were cool with it. They didn't go through like a, a period where they're like. Eh. I waited a few days, you know. Yeah, yeah, me, yeah. But like, because I, I was nervous. I'm yeah, not gonna yeah. lie. Like I was like, I don't know how this is gonna be. But like, like anything I do musically, I put my whole foot in it. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I gave it my fucking 100 percent energy. And I saw you guys got rave reviews for your CD release party. Oh, boy. So that's like four years in the making now, right? 2019, I I, I got that phone call in the fall of 2014. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We went on to make an EP that we released in 2015 that we recorded at my friend Adam Fuller's studio. Okay, so that's the Adam Fuller yeah, connection. By the, the way, Adam that's Fuller a connection. great EP as well. Uh, what's that called? Uh, war Warpath. Warpath. Uh, well, I really like it's that. Called, it's called Rise of the Dragon. Rise of the Dragon. Rise We're of the Dragon. on a Warpath. I yeah, like that. Four oh. songs. They got Warpath on there. Uh, Slam Skank. Uh, what are the other two? And that's also on You're the Dragon Band.com. Yeah, totally. Let, let's uh, stick a pin in that. Let's listen to the title track from your newest one. How about let's listen to a little bit of Take Control off of Take Control by Year of the Dragon. This is with uh, Dirty Walt. Yep, yep. And uh, let's check that out. Take control. Come on, 
record this album? You do it all in one shot, or you just like do a track oh, here, track here, Ooh. track there? <laughs> so, wow, um, that's a tough question because the mm. the way the creative process works, at least for this year of the Dragon, yeah, is that the rhythm section, Kareem, Mark Ray, and T Bone, they all come up with you know the instrumentals, and me and Dirty Walt. We do Sounds the, great, by the way, the, the instrumental stuff. Right. Man, how how inspired I feel working with those guys. You know what right. I mean? We, we work Niceness. our asses off. You know what I mean? Like, we rehearse once or twice a week, every week. Like, really? Every time we have, if, if I'm not working, yeah. Walt's not out, you know what I mean? Those, even the rhythm section, they were rehearsing. So it's like... I like that. They're creating, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a whole ass effort. And so, bands don't last, do that enough anymore. No. Like, just keep, just keep rehearsing. Just, yeah. just keep. Just, just, nope. That used to be the yeah. standard. No, that's the standard. I'm, I'm used to, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, man, putting our whole ass into it every week. And so, you know, they come up with new tracks, and we're like, all right, like, let us know what is like. It's kind of settled. And then we're like, I'm already like, all right, I got a verse, I got this. So like, originally this 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 album was going to be called Eye of the Dragon. We didn't want to deal with copyright issues. And so Take Control, like, lyrically at least, it's kind of like the majority of like where that goes comes from me. Mm-hmm. And it's a trip for me because, one, I didn't expect it to be the title track. I didn't expect that to be the album name. It was kind of sure. like a last minute type of change. Yeah, yeah. And um, so that 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 means a lot for me. It feel like like it feels like a gift to me for, from the band. Uh, in, in addition to that, like like welcoming me in, and like it trips me out because this is my first full length album that I was able to creatively. Uh, work as an artist from start to finish. That's beautiful. It's slightly deflating for me personally as a musician because the thing I want to be most known for is my trombone. Trombone, right? Yeah. So that part is 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 my personal struggle. Mm-hmm. But to have a great album, a vocal album, when I didn't ever consider myself a vocalist, to be taken under. Dirty Waltz wing and be like pushed out to be one of the uh, the lead singers, you know, in a band and like have all of the creative process in the world is a blessing. To have a homie who's like a amazingly talented engineer to let us use his space, record in his space using great analog instruments in a studio yeah. space, in a digital space that like you know, melding those two worlds, top-notch stuff. You know what I mean? That guy used to work at Sound City in L.A. Like, he's his, his credits, like, I know him from him recording Fishbone, right? He recorded Fishbone when we did our EP uh, intr- Intrinsically Intertwined. And so, you know, working with, with us as a roadie, now I get to work with him musically and in a studio space. And now, like, we have been, you know, in discussions, too, because, like, the the two, the, the Year of the Dragon album and the, the Year of the Dragon EP that are recent were all recorded in that space. The rhythm section, I mean, there's two ways we've done it. Uh, 
One was to have, you know, drums, guitar, bass, yeah. and then vocals. Uh, another way for some of the, tr- the songs on this album, because uh, it was basically split into two two kind of sessions. Uh, stuff that we did right after the, the EP, the Rise of the Dragon EP, mm-hmm. those tracks, which would be like Hammer Toe, Badass Beyond, um, a few other tracks on the record, like th- they got done in that session. Then the finishing touches were like the newer tracks. So that's Fly or Die, Take Control, Junkie, all of those done in the second session. So you couldn't really tell. (laughs) But it sticks in our mind because we know. But yeah, so those some of those were done as the rhythm section as a whole because we had been doing those songs live for so long that... it was like let's just do them as yeah. much much and as a, as a tight unit as possible, but still vocals done separately. Let's make let's make sure we push this album. Let's listen to another song from uh, Take Control. This song is called Junkie. Yeah. And remember, this is at Year of the Dragon Band It's really easy to download you a copy. I got mine. This is Junkie from Year of the Dragon. Shout out to Dirty Walt and everybody else in the band. Why you do that? Why you do this? This fucking pain got me caught in a twist. Why in the hell am I going through this? Giving things a place to run. Why you do that? Why you do this? This fucking pain got me caught in a twist. Why in the hell am I going through this? Giving things a place to run. Damn, to resist violence and drugs. Pill puppets dreaming to be letting people publicly. Time to pop a stand before you rip off your tutorial. Pandemonium drinking people at the podium. Politicians playing passive as they prey on the masses. People time to get the blast in. Get your guns, it's a hunt, it's a purge, shoot the one. Why you do that? Why you do this? This fucking pain got me caught in a twist. Why in the hell am I going through this? Give a place a place to love. Why you do that? Why you do this? This fucking pain got me caught in a twist. Why in the hell am I going through this? Give a place and place to the Lord. It's about the shit that you should. All things that you call an addiction. A constant source of friction. Pain that makes your pain believe you a victim. You got a vice, pick one. Coke, fentanyl, speed, codeine, oxycontin. The dope man got what you need. A diabetes as we proceed. We take pills and we drink while we die. What you think? We take pills and we drink while we die. What you think? We take pills and we drink while we die. Oh yeah, this is like one of my favorites on the record, dude. I, I am so That's I am so happy for you, man, because especially it went on with the, the OGs getting back in bone, and now you're you're here and uh, you're the dragon, dude. You just blend with all these guys. Um, you and you and Walt together in that, and just the band. It shows, man, just the work that that's being put in that band. I can't wait to see Year of the Dragon uh, live again. We're trying to get the tour, you know. That's right. the next step. We got like management and you know representatives trying to get ears ears on it because there's not been nothing but good talk about the album. And I'm like, I love that. I love that people are recognizing the like we put fucking hours in on this. My boy mixed it for who 
dude, he put his whole ass into that. You know, he, he, he <laughs> like, all of our parts, nobody half-assed anything. Right. You know? And Sounds good. Thank you. Like, I, I particularly love this one because, like, the way this one, like, the lyrics came about started with the Dirty Walk chorus. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I was like, all right, I got to bring these verses hard, boy. <laughs> you know? And it's just like, I just try to ride their wave, you know, being like their, whatever they're doing musically. And, like, most of the time, like, if I'm out working, you know, because I do, I do the this Bruno Mars cover band and I travel for that. So, like, I do some of my best writing when, like, I'm on a plane with nothing else to do. No outside distractions. Right, right. Nobody bothering me. And I'm just like, yada, da 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 Let me get these verses. And da, 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 da. I sit with it. I sit and edit it. And, you know, sit Walter copy of the demo. And, like, mm-hmm. we're sending it back and forth. We go, I might go into his house and sit and go over shit and, like, make final touches. Figure out exactly how we go say something. So you guys work well together. You're always crafting. Hell Yeah. You know, because that's the only way it has to be. Like, when you dedicate it to it like that, that's the only way it has to be. If I if if I half-assed this, it would it would show. Right. And it's, it's just beautiful, man. And I want to encourage everybody out there to pick this album up. Take Control by Year of the Dragon. One other thing, um, uh, I want to ask you about a couple other things before we go today. I know I got I to gotta take you back. You got to go to your sound check for your gig tonight. I'm going to yeah, go to your gig tonight, by the way. It's going to be popping. With Uptown, uh, Uptown Funk. Um let me ask you, so you got this uh, project, Electric Gremlin. Yep, yep. And uh, by the way, you guys can check out Electric Gremlin at bandcamp.com uh, and all the other avenues, Spotify, that you could check out music. You got songs like uh, Politrix. Is that what it is? Politrix? Oh, Politrix, Politrix is a... Uh, Pocket Chocolate. Politrix is a Year of the Dragon one. That's all the Year of the Dragon. Wait, wait, wait. There's something about politics. It's, it's a, it's uh, a, a politician is a bitch. There you go. Polit- <laughs> I knew I knew. <laughs> I talk a lot about politics. <laughs> a lot of political shit. songs these days, <laughs> and you've got to have them. So that one's funny <laughs> because it's basically an NWA cover. <laughs> it's a bitch is a bitch flipped on its head. Oh, got you. And, yeah. you, and, you ch- and you changed it to uh, politicians. changed it to a politician as a bitch. We got Trump quotes in there. And uh, we might actually do a remix because now that we have, you know, we, we have two single releases from Electric Gremlin. Mm-hmm. One is uh, Politician as a Bitch and Pocket Chocolate, which we shot a video for in San Pedro. Right yeah, I saw that video. Nice studio. video. And then um, we have a live video of Politician as a Bitch, us playing it at... Patrick Malloy's at Hermosa Beach, which was actually like our first live show as the actual real Electric Gremlin band. <laughs> Let's talk about who's in Electric Gremlin. Who who are the members? Right now, it's me and Adam. We're like the main core component. Adam is the guitar player. He also does vocals. Uh, I'm the lead singer, which, you know, it's funny because like this all kind of came out of a jam space. Sure. So originally, you know, there were other people in that jam space besides just us two, but they all had different musical uh, things going on. Mm-hmm. And like in terms of consistency, we were the guys that were there, always there. I wanted somebody else to be the lead singer, but again, <laughs> people have too many musical projects on hand. So it's me and Adam. Uh, then it's two brothers, Sean and Tim Luera. They're local uh, local musicians from San Pedro, California. Um, they had another band previously called uh, Sifa, S-I-F-A, mm-hmm. with their brother Anthony, who also plays guitar. 
Um, but currently they're they're in a band fronted by uh, the guy who used to be the lead singer of CKY, uh, that like Bear Borgera, Jackass project. His project is called 96 Bitter Beings. So that's super hard rock. And um, we kind of like snaked those guys for our project. They still nice. do that, their other band, but, uh -huh. like, you know, they're in our band, too. And um, then it's uh, my homie uh, Nick Marks on trumpet and my other homie Kenny Harrison on trumpet, you know. But, of course, when they're super fucking busy, right? it's just the core group of us four, me, me Adam, Sean, and Tim. Like, that's that's the, the core core. We also got a, a percussion player named uh, Uncle Rick, <laughs> you know, uh, who's Sean and Tim's actual uncle. Uh, nice. <laughs> so you know, it's always funny to work with like a brother rhythm section. Yeah, right, like, right. Like Norwood and yeah, Fish. Right, just like that. It's like that. It's it's they push each other. Right. They 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 push each other buttons, but they they push each other to greatness. It's, <laughs> it's good in that way. So like when we're rehearsing, we actually haven't had a lot of a lot of chances to rehearse this year because uh, my bass player had a, a baby. So you congratulations, know, congratulations to him, and you know, and like Adam has been, uh, he's been a roadie for Ozzy Osbourne and uh, okay. Black Sabbath and Zach Wild. Yeah, so he he gets has to work. So, right, you know, I got tired. We got tired of like all last year. We had our debut. We had been working on these songs for close to five, four or five years now. It's been a while. Same around the same time I joined Year of the Dragon, I was doing Electric Grim. So I was doing like everything. I was in Fishbone. I was playing, you know, joining Year of the Dragon. I was playing in Trulio Disgracious. I was doing, you know, the Electric Gremlin jams every week. We were setting stuff up for that band. It was literally like anything you threw at me, I was like, all right. And I've, <laughs> I've been that way since high school. Right, right. I was in marching band i was in jazz band i was in whatever orchestra band we would ever have i was in you know the band for the gospel choir i was doing outside jazz band stuff for other jazz band bands i got to play with kamasi washington in high school. oh oh my god and kamasi multi, washington multi-school uh, jazz band with he, through mr andrews at lock high school oh so my god i love him we man. played the playboy jazz festival together my 11th grade year Damn. Yeah. Oh my God. That's incredible. I played two Playboy Jazz Festivals. So it was just like every band I could play in that would let me play. It, I wasn't even getting paid. You know, I was just like throwing myself at everything. Right. And so I kind of like am, am a workaholic musically in that sense. Mm -hmm. I, Good for you. Carpe diem, right? It's a little, it's a little much sometimes. Cause like I had a, like, let's say, I want to say maybe either 2015 or 2016. I had a New Year's resolution to make music like every day. I got kind of burnt out. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot. I fucking did that. Whew. It was a lot. So I've, I've reached a better balance. You know, I'm trying to take it a little easier on myself because mm -hmm. even now, like I still do freelance stuff, but I'm real quick to like do too much at once. Right. And so with Electric Gremlin, like we've had to take a step back because like it got quick. It, it that ball got rolling. 
we were like, all right, we're going to do this first gig. I didn't even have Adam there for the first gig. We had a replacement guitar player for the first gig. Oh, God. So, yeah, took was, off coming. <laughs> <laughs> and then the ball just kept rolling. It's like, right. who's in the band? And like, like, everybody's like, oh, this isn't the guy? I just thought that, that was the guy. That's not the guy? This the guy? Oh, I don't get to see him that often. So He's like, working. <laughs> just, yeah. And so... At the end of the year, we were like, all right, we should slow down and not do that like that anymore. So we've kind of like, uh, since then, we've, you know, recorded some new new music that's going to go on the full length. It's about, it's going to be about eight tracks, some some that have been like basically recorded for a while. So we were, we've, since our debut in February of last year, we only took it out of the studio last February. So we've only been a band outside of the studio for a year and a half. Gotcha. Since then, we played a, a significant amount of gigs. We opened for Fishbone, uh, which was oh, you did? Uh, yeah, we got to play open for Fishbone in Malibu. I, got, I I did that. I put that together last minute. It wasn't even like super like official. I didn't go through the, all the official channels. I just kind of like, oh, right. there's an opening slot. We can play. All right, let's just do it. Right. Um, played like some significant festivals. Got to, I mean not some festivals, but bars and venues. Got to go out. Uh, to Mammoth, play some gigs there, down in San Diego, at the Belly Up, and all, like, et cetera, et cetera. The Mint. You know, some iconic L.A. spots. Just been trying to build the profile. Released four songs. Pocket Chocolate, Politician is a Bitch. Those two have videos. One song that I wrote, which is actually literally about a cat called Pause the Cat. Hey, that that's the, let's, let's like, give that uh, track some love. I got that queued up. My kids love this song. Let's listen to this song. Uh, listen, I'm going to give this. So this is Electric Gremlin. It's a little cut called Pause the Cat. I liked, I, I picked this one out. That's funny you mentioned it because I really like this it's tune. It's funky. Yeah, this is, I think it's funky. The horn lines are great. So this is Pause the Cat from Electric Gremlin with Flying J.
Oh my gosh, dude. I love that horn break. I I do too. And the whole outro, man, is so great. That really stood out when I was doing the research for this episode and I was looking through all the the track. I was like, oh my God, this is this is amazing. A a track about an actual cat. (laughs) So that that's all like the single release, Pause the Cat and Genuswine, which is That was a good cut too. Another politically charged track. I like that. You know what I mean? That was literally like the first Electric Gremlin song that got recorded, like with actual vocals and words that I wrote. And yeah, it's been a long time. (laughs) So with that said, that's basically half the album, four tracks, and then we have another four tracks that we're going to put together. So it should be an eight-track album, the first Electric Gremlin album. Wonderful, man. Soon to be released sometime this year. A few more videos to come out. We shot a video for Genius One and uh, another track that nobody actually, only the the the, the locals know. It's, called, it's a ska song called This World is Fucking Loco. We shot a video for that too. It's pumping. I'm super excited about that one to be released. Right on, man. Well, let, let us know when that's released. And also be sure everybody to check out yearofthedragonband.com. That's where you can get Take Control uh, Flying J Armin, I just want to thank you so much for talking man, to us today. I'm so happy to be here, dude. Man, this I, is so stoked. I could talk to you for like two more hours. We we got to get you back, though. We got to get you oh, no, back so you can get, get ready work. for your gig tonight. Um, I just want to thank you so much for coming here today. Um, a couple more things I got to say before we wrap it up. Um, first of all, I just want to let everybody know that I am moving back. I'm moving back to the Bay Area, California. I'll be there in one month. I've been here in Atlanta. It's been great being in Atlanta. I have a lot of things to say about that experience, I'll say, in a future episode. But I am moving back to uh, the Bay Area. I'm going to move to Oakland, California. I already got my uh, studio set up there. My wife and I will be there soon. So you're going to see an uptick in Aced Out podcast episodes. Now that we got this show going, it's been going well. We're going to be doing a lot of shows in the future and having a lot of great guests. I'm working on some super special guests, but I don't want to jinx it, so I don't want to give out too much. But I've gotten a couple of uh, leads, as they call it, uh, reporters call it, on people we could get on the show. Uh, I just wanted to mention a couple of things that happened in Funk News. You might be interested in this, uh, Flying J2, and I know you will, Jay Stone. Um, Mm -hmm. People don't report on this stuff because they're always talking about, well, you know what they're talking about on the news. So I just want to mention on January 2nd, 2019, Bootsy Collins made an announcement. He announced that he's never, ever going to play bass live again. You heard about that? What? And uh, I think it's something wrong with his inner ear. Or something like that. And I heard a I heard a, a, a rumor like about that. I know he's doing updates. So anyway, he made this announcement. He said on Facebook, Time has come for me to tell all our Funketeers that I will not be playing bass in concerts anymore. I've decided to become a coach for up-and-coming musicians. I know you're disappointed. Just think for a moment how I feel. Doc said, too much pressure on my inner ear and right hand. Yeah, I had to make up my mind, so I did. So anyway, um, he made that announcement. He is still performing live. I know he performed recently when um, everybody in P-Funk got a Life Achievement Grammy. Uh, I think a couple months later, like in March or something like that, everybody got a Grammy. Yeah, um, Not just George mm. Clinton, but everybody, all the musicians and stuff. So that's beautiful. That's another thing they should report on nice. the news that they don't make a big deal about. And uh, anyway, I'm sorry to hear that. I also want to give a shout out and send much love to uh, Stevie Wonder. 
I know he's been having lots of health problems. Yeah, I didn't know that. Something wrong with his liver or something like that, and that's not good. Mm. Yeah. So I want to send him my love. And also Roy Ayers, he's been having a lot of health problems uh, this year. He's canceled two gigs. However, he does have a gig coming up, I think, this week here in Atlanta. So he is better. So stay strong, Roy Ayers. So both those brothers stay strong. I am going to see yes. uh, one of George Clinton's, supposedly one of his last concerts this week. I'm going to go actually with Jay Stone's brother, Nat. Shout out to Nat. And uh, Fishboner, actually, they're going to support that gig. So I'll see them there. So I just wanted to uh, give everybody a shout out on that. Again, uh, Flying Jay, uh, thanks for coming. Do you want to say anything, uh, final things, or give everybody a shout out or anything like that? I want to give a shout out to all your lovely listeners. I want to give a shout out to Uptown Funk, tribute to Budo Mars for having me, you know, still employing me as a musician. Uptown Funk? <laughs> you know, the whole reason I'm kind of out here in uh, Georgia today. Um Playing over at 37 Main, you know, we come to Atlanta pretty often. So if you're in the area, you know, come check us out. Definitely want to give a shout out to Fishbone, everybody in there. Norwood, Angelo, Fish, um, Dirty Walt, naturally, Chris Dowd, John Bigham. Love you guys. Keep kicking ass. Uh, Year of the Dragon, Mark Ray, Kareem, and T-Bone. Love you guys. I'll see y'all soon. And of course, my people at Electric Gremlin, because, you know, that's how we do it. Adam Fuller, A Fuller Sound Studio. So if you guys are ever in LA, need a place to rehearse or record, we got a fully functioning studio for available for musicians who need to get their projects done. And uh, one uh, engineer who's dope. That's, uh, I think that's about it for me. I just And uh, of course, all my kids and family. Right on, man. That's a beautiful nice. thing. And by the way, if uh, you're the dragon, uh, YOTD, you guys play in the the Bay Area, call up Funkonauts, man. Have us for, have us open for oh, you, man. We, I think we'd love to play with you. I think that's going to have to happen very yeah, soon. Yeah, man. I was nervous, man. Uh, we had a great show when we opened for Fishbone and Chico, but uh, I acted like a dork, man. I was playing through Norwood's incredible amplifier oh, and all his all the, set up man the, he came out whole, to like talk to me about it i the, the, i just talked like i was a total dork <laughs> he probably walked away was like was a dork no man but uh, we had a great show you guys were hella nice to us and uh you know let us play for a long time and i just had a great time um yeah, it's just great dope. it's great working with uh positive people and uh People that play all different kinds of music, funk yeah. and rock oh, and reggae it's just so beautiful when you don't um, have to be pigeonholed that's a beautiful yeah. thing yeah yeah and mm-hmm. Jay Stone, um, we're going to say goodbye. Uh, thanks for calling in from Santa Cruz. How's the weather over there, man? Man, it's uh, getting sunny, dude. It's about to get. I got to go out and do some water and gardening and what have you. But uh, it's all to the How's good. Your, how are your animals doing? I know your dog got in an accident a little while ago. Yeah, they're, they're coming around. You know what I mean? They're, they've definitely gotten a lot better since last time. Still spoke, injured? But, uh, it's it's healing. She's healing. Still. That's good. I hope I hope yeah. she gets better. People got to watch out when yeah. they're driving. Watch out for the animals, man. Man, Hell yeah, telling you. yeah. And uh, we're gonna uh, leave you. Um, you guys remember the Funkonauts are coming out with a new album, uh, the Bible. And as usual, we like to cloud just give you like a taste of some of that music. Um, this song is called "Some People." What do you got to say about this song, Jay? Man, this is about some people, man. <laughs> you wrote the lyrics with your partner, right? 
Yeah, I think, yeah, my brother and, uh, yeah. And, you know, just you and everybody else, you know, it's just inspiring. You yeah, know it was fun. Mean? It's I like to play this song live and... Uh, this is this is a banger. I thought it would be good to close out the show. All right, uh, Flying J, we're gonna get in the car and I'll take you back. And you guys, this is some people by the Funkonauts. And check out, uh, keep a lookout for episode five. It's gonna be coming at you, humming coming at you real soon. All right, smell you later, everybody. I can be terrific. I can be specific. When it comes down to me I can be a baker Or a candle maker You see, it makes no difference to me I don't let nobody try to guide me to a crazy, silly scene I just try to be myself and let my spirit guide me I don't need to pull a Cosby and I put a roofie in your drink I can give you what you want, but you got to come home with me. Start in the middle, then we go to the bottom. Now go to the top. Start in the middle, then go to the bottom. Now go to the top. Start in the middle, then go to the bottom. Now go to the top. Speak street Japanese. I can be a preacher or a music teacher, but the funk will always be here to stay. We got to open up our minds and find a place that marked the charts and pick up where the funk was lost and find it in our hearts. Keep on, everybody. Gotta, 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 gotta keep on. Some people in the middle, some people in the middle.
people at the bottom Some people at the top Some people in the middle Some people at the bottom Some people at the top